what does that mean? It means if a man makes married to a woman and he may have other children besides from that particular relationship, he still makes a special tanai that all the dowry that she's bringing in to the marriage in the, in, the, in the event that she would pass on before him and then he passes on, that all the inheritance of the dowry will go only to the children that she had together with him. They will not go None of the inheritance will go to any other sons that he may have. Okay, is that clear? So a woman comes into the relationship with a bunch of stuff, with a dowry, and the, the person giving the dowry would be nervous. What's going to happen to this? Lachar may have asked her, my daughter passes away. So where is it going to? Yeah, where is it going to? So, so we're saying that it goes, he's saying, don't worry. It's going to come, but it will stay in your family because any children that you have will go to them. It will not be shared by any of the other children that, uh, that, 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 that that this particular person happens Even to have. Even his pre-existing money? What? Even the money he had before that dowry? Just- no, the dowry. The money of the dowry. No, so someone's giving and, and her ksuba as well. Any money that's like her guilt, so to speak, is going to go specifically to, to, to kids that she had with him and it will not be shared together with any of the other, <coughs> together with any other boys. So the Gemara asks right away, on noon days, Amar Bilchem Shem 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 Why did the Chazal make such a Takana? Kidei Sheik Vetz Adam V'yikvaz V'yichtov Levito Kibino We want people to jump at the opportunity to write a very nice dowry for their daughter. So the Gemara is very bothered by it. Is there anything where the Torah says that a son should inherit and a daughter does not inherit? That a daughter does inherit. So let's try to understand what the world of Gemara is talking about. The Takana here is not that a daughter should inherit. The Takana here is that the sons that the woman has together with this husband should be the only ones to inherit her dowry as opposed to a being split between all of the man's sons together. But what's, what is bothering the Gemara? That if the Torah says that a son should inherit and a daughter does not inherit, then it's against, it's against the spirit of the Torah. So what's against the spirit of the Torah? It's very hard Gemara to understand at face value. So look at Rashi. Rashi gives you the answer. Halfway down. What a Rashi. Rashi clarifies. Of course, here the Rabbanon weren't saying that a girl is Yarshmi. What they're saying is that we're encouraging the father to give a girl a dowry, which in effect is messing up the Yerusha of his sons. If her husband has, if this father has a million dollars in his name, and he's giving so much to the, he's giving half of that to his daughter and her dowry, and it's going to stay with her and go to her sons eventually. If you think about it, the son that he might have just got lost all that potential and inheritance. 
so even though he's Chazal aren't saying a, a daughter inherits as opposed to a son. They're not they're asking to the, the, the explicit din in the Torah that a daughter does not inherit, but they're orchestrating that the money that would have gone be Arusha to a son is instead shifted to a daughter. That's what's bothering the Gemara. So it's not that they're saying the girl inherits, but that she is deserving of gifts, which pulls away from the inheritance of the son. That's the way you learn the Gemara. That's why Rashi goes Shad. So it's like a little bit, I guess, to say it's against the spirit of the Torah. The legislation is okay. It's not, it's not a din connected to Torah. But the way that it's going, the way that it's being legislated is against the spirit of what we see in the Torah. So the Gemara says, no. Hanami daraisi. This idea of giving a dowry is a daraisi. Meaning to say that even though the Torah says that the daughter does not inherit, the idea that a father should give to his daughter money for her wedding is very clear as a value in the Torah. Dechsev. It's interesting. We quote a pasuk from Yirmiyah. Right? Get married, start a family, have kids, and then make sure that you marry off your children. And it says it both ways. Make sure your son have daughter, and you have daughters-in-law for your sons, and make sure you have sons-in-law for your daughters. So, very good. Sons, it's in his control. You can do such a thing to pick a daughter-in-law, a child. Is it within one's capability to pick a son-in-law? So what's so difficult? What's, what's the difference? So Rashi explains that the difference between picking a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law What's bothering the Gemara is that the way we know the Gemara in the beginning of Kedushin says so to pick a daughter-in-law, that makes sense. If that's that's within you know the, the the son and those who support him will go p- choose a particular girl that they're interested in. But the other way around it seems that it's against the system. So how is that going to happen? So it must be what's the child in the passage? The passage is saying, We should clothe her and cover her with the niece of Lamidi. Give her money. Give her something. The idea is that we should give her, empower her with, with, with materialism, which will make her uh, attractive to the, to the perspective sons and sons. So we really see it's an interesting thing in the Gemara, right? It's not a, it's not stop give money to a daughter before she gets married. It's a little bit more complex. The idea is that one is a tzibah to ensure that their, their children are getting married. That's what it really is. And that the Gemara is looking on a practical level, how is that going to happen if one has a daughter? So it must be that the Pshad is, the Torah is saying that you, you give the money as, as a means by which that you're going to encourage the wedding. That's what the Gemara says. And then the Gemara follows up on that by asking to what extent, to what extent is, is, is it given? For a tenth of the property. So I think before we even start, I think it's unbelievable you see this thing in Machlekes. I want to just get out there. I don't understand Pshad in the Gemara. The Gemara is saying that, that there's, a, there's this idea of, of Midunyo, which we see from Riyata seems to be against the spirit of the Torah of giving the money to the daughter. Then we discover the Pasuk in Yirmiya that it's actually a value to make sure that it happens in order to in order to, to ensure that she's married. So is it now a chiv? Is this a din? Is it a chiv that the Rabbanan made that a father has to do this? Or is this a, a value, a mitzvah, a suggestion? How do we how do we look at this? So it seems to be that it's a machlikas show. The Rambam brings down in Parakhaf. It's a It's not just a suggestion. It's not something that you turn away. It's a din. It's a din. A person should give somewhat of his possessions to his daughter that she should get married with this. And then the Rambam brings 
you know, that it, it, it certainly there are minimums, but it's certainly a person with more wealth, um, he should be given more. So the Lashon Rambam Pashas is mashma that it's a chi of midrabona. Nagamishna quotes from our Gemara that that's what it is, even though the Gemara brings a pasuk, but the, the legislation of it is a chi of the Rabbana, but it's mashma the Rambam. Right. Correct. Correct. But the Rambam is mashma that, it, that, it, that it's a dinsi. Now, the Rambam doesn't say explicitly, but the Pashtas is that it means, therefore, that the Basin would act upon it. When there's a chi of Chachamah to do something, so then the Basin, basin enforces such a law. But it says differently. He talks about how a person is to support their young children, right? That's the whole discussion. Elsewhere in Ksuba is how there's a chi of to support, to give food to young children, to make sure that they have what to live with. Fine. And afterwards, the, the Ramah says, This halacha that your mukhliyev, that basin enforces, is only to support children. We do not We do not enforce any means of making sure that he's marrying off his kids. We don't see that. Even though it is a mitzvah that a father gives his daughter a dowry, one which is proper. There's no force on such a thing. Whatever he would like, he may give. Only that he should marry them. So, what does the Ramah mean? He should give whatever he should give, only that he should marry them. What, what is the meaning of that? So, it, it actually doesn't even sound like he has to give any amount of money. So, for, why, why, what does he mean with those words? I think. Men are married without giving money. Then that's good enough. The bare minimum that he needs to. If he does. If, yeah, I don't know. can get her married even without. I agree with Michael that. saying. In other words, that's the point. The point is, even though it's, it's suggested and, and it's and at some level a mitzvah to, to do it, to give money, but the ikr is really just to see that you're married. Right. That's exactly what the Bishmuel Chalkos Machaikik, the, 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 the commentaries on Abinazar, that's the way they learn up shot. They learn up very well. It's a lumdish point. Meaning the Ramah knows that what he's saying is difficult because the Gemara seems to say you have to give and the Gemara even prescribes amounts of money. So then what is this idea that, oh, no, 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 it's just a nice suggestion. It's a good thing to do, but you don't have to do it. Maybe. Listen to the way they touch it up and it's very mishmak. So, first, he's older. Says the chiyav is to get her married. Everything else is just the way you get it done. So, in other words, the point that we're saying is that into the gemara. Yeah, and and, and and it's actually really nice. That's why I think it's important to see that background. And after Daphne days before we see our sugit today, our sugit today is going to seem to suggest that there really is a debt. We'll get to that. How to deal with that? But as long as the father's alive, the pshat is, his chiv is, marry her off. There's no chiv, there's no chiv of debt. Okay? So very interesting machlekes, are you showing him how to understand that? According to the Rambam, the mitzvah is to marry her. Okay. And, and we see, that's what the Pasuk says. Right? That's what it's saying. It says marriage. Does the Pasuk say money? No, the pshat is, we have a question. What am, I, what, am, what am I to do? So you figure out that it means to give the money. But that doesn't mean that the nature of the chiv, of the chiv search, it's not a chiv to give money. The chiv is to marry them all. If you have a means of doing that, do you have to So on a practical level, a guy is, could still be, though, is what some of the later plays can point out, that <laughs> practically a guy is not getting his daughter married off, and he's not doing anything about it, and he could give her money, then you might say he has to give money. But that's just, again, on a practical level, how to get the marriage. Does the, does the 
Chaber passing like the Rambam? It doesn't bring it. It doesn't bring that in. Okay, so keeping that in mind, understanding the dunya. So listen here, the sugya are this down this week, and dasamach ches. So the Mishnah is dealing with the following scenario. What happens is, is that this is after the death of the father. This is where the father has already passed away. And at this point, the Yerusha has already happened. There's an estate which is now under the jurisdiction of the Yarshim. And the, 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 the Yarshim are making, are making certain payouts, are required to make certain payouts to their sister when she gets married. That's the context here. And this is already transferring. The father's gone. So it's not, he's not being a, 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 a din of the mitzvah of the Pasuk in Yirmi. The estate, though, is the, the, those who control the estate have to give from, from the estate to give to her when she gets married. And that's that's what it seems like. And what happens is, is that she's getting married off here as a katana, as a young girl. And the Yarshim kind of manipulate the situation. And they offer a very low price when she's really entitled to a lot more. And she accepted it and she got married. And now she grows up and she realizes, hey, my brother's really messed me up. And the question is, if in a certain, certain sense, retroactively, she comes and says, you didn't give me a fair thing in the moment. And I want more now, even though she's already married. And that's what the mission is dealing with. More than 150 zoos. More than 150 zoos? Yeah, yeah. So in other words, in the moment, they gave her 100 zoos or 50 zoos, which is not that much. And now, she now can come after them at this point and demand more. What is that amount? Look at Rashi. Eastern right? And that's where the 10th comes from. Where do you think the 10th comes from? That comes from the Gemara Daphne base. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara seems to say, that that seems to be uh, suggested, basic, good premise. That's what makes sense that the, that, the, that the father should give. So now when they paid her off at 50 zoos, when the, 100 zoos, when she got married, she says, that wasn't fair. And Chitaka has the right to come and collect it. Ah, you accepted it then? Yeah, it was a mind. I didn't know one way or the other. Now that she's bigger, she comes back and is to them and she's in the right to do that. That's what the Tanakami tells me. So, so, so even before we see further, already the question kind of sits in our minds. That's so interesting that when the father was alive, we had the Ramah, when the father was alive, and you have the Ramah, it's Mamish, what, what is it? It's, it's a best of mitzvah, the Ramah. We're not going to be Kaifa on the Gelf. But now, what happens is, is that we make such a big deal out of this, right? We're making such a big deal that the estate now is Meshubatur, and she comes back, and she has a Tevia even after she's already married on her brothers. So it's a different scenario, 100%. There's the dealing with the father, and there's the dealing with them. But what seems funny, because if the father himself didn't really have such an obligation as a debt, so then what happens exactly when the father's gone? What happens that the estate now gets a Sheba? Like there's something almost like, almost you feel like there's a missing step of informa- piece of information here. So let's see if Reb Yudah Oimer im Hesi as Abbas Rishayni Yinasin Lishniya Kederash Yinasin Lishayni Says Reb Yudah No I'm not I don't agree Not so simple that she could come after them and tovea them for a death It depends If the father had married off a daughter before while he was alive and he had given her a certain amount so then that sets precedent for what the second girl should get so basically what he's saying is, if it's more, if it's less, that's what you should work with. You should work with the, what you see the father did one time around. Then you assume we'd make another time around. It's got a very interesting, you're going to see the next line, the Chachamim say back, what are you talking about? What do you mean? People get go up, people lose money, people get more money in life. So it's got a very interesting thing. It's like, you know, it's like they, they take the, people always talk about this, but it's interesting to take the data. You know, you see how, how people make multiple weddings in life, right? And see the differences between them. How, to what extent, to what range do people go, right? Obviously, we know 
society is different, of course, people make different levels of weddings, but one person himself who marries off whatever it is, his, 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 his two kids, what's the difference between them? And it's an interesting thing, it's a very interesting data. People change, they, how much do they change, do they move, you know? That's what's going on here in the Mishnah. The Chachamim are saying, there's no price. You don't have a right on that. Sometimes a guy has more. Sometimes a guy has less. Sometimes the market is better. Sometimes there's money. Whatever the Cheshbain is, ah, things are different. So, so, so therefore, they don't accept that. Rather, we make a Shuma. What does that mean? We make a Shuma? Meaning it seems to be that it should be a, a flat rate of the tenth, which is normally given. So, there you say, this is following the precedent that the father had. And 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 um, the father established, and the Chachamim do not agree with that. So let's see some of the Gemara just to build up the sugi here. Amar Shmuel Parnasa in regard to Parnasa. Remember, Parnasa is a code word for Nidunya. Don't get confused. Nidunya and Parnasa are the same thing. Parnasa is the word for dowry. So the Parnasa Shamin Baav. We assess based upon what the father does. What does that mean? When I have a girl who's orphaned, she comes to marry. We give her a dowry according to our um, guess. I'm going to say guess, what assessment in our mind. Yeah. Yes. We are well aware of her father and, and, and his character. His level of generosity and stinginess. So it's interesting. It's not only wealth. It's not only how much money the estate has, but it's also what is the nature. Now, as we say, if that guy would be here in front of us with his bank accounts and his resources, what would he do? We make a shara. We make a certain uh, a guess of what it would be, and that's what we say the girl's entitled. So Pashtas Shmuel is saying a third view, not like either. He's not saying a tenth. He's not saying that it's based upon precedent what the father did previously. He's saying we assess that what we, we assume based upon the father. So right away, the Gemara slugs it up. You could skip, skip all the way to where the Gemara asked for the Mishnah. Um, Tanan, second wide line, Tanan. The Chachamim say that people go up and down, and therefore we always make it a, a set thing. My ani, my asher. What do we mean? He goes up and he goes down. If it means literally that he goes up or down, and how much money and his resources he has, I mean that's such an obvious point. You think Rabbi Yehuda would disagree with that? Let's say a guy. Let's say a guy made him one wedding when he taco was at the peak of his wealth, and then he lost it all. Do you, and then he dies. Do you think Rabbi Yehuda is going to say that the estate is meshubed to more than there is in the estate? Obviously, Rabbi Yehuda is not going to disagree with that. He doesn't have. What does that mean? It makes zero sense to say that if the estate is drained, and now it happens to be 15 years ago when he married off a daughter, he made, you know, he spent millions on the wedding, then now the estate that doesn't have more than $50,000 in it, Bechlau, should be meshubed to a million dollars. That way, it's ridiculous, right? Does it, that obviously cannot be what the machlekes is about. This is a very important component to the Gemara. Rebuda Vada agrees to the common sense that if there's fluctuation within his assets, then we're not going to take him for the same amount that he made based upon the first wedding. Rebuda's mask him today. Rebuda's only talking when the amount stayed the same, when the resources were the same. But he's saying, okay, so the resources stay the same. Why would you think the father would do anything different? Zokter Rabban, you know why? You know why the father might do something different? Because people's character changes. People become more generous. People become more stingy. Things change about the nature of a person. So now you understand the machlek is a lot better. Avada, everybody agrees the fluctuation in the money. You can't make an assessment. What does that mean? I'm making an assessment because the father last time gave. Everyone would agree, changes you off. Everything's off the table. You will go with 10. 
But Rabbi Yehuda is saying that if the mom was the same, there we assume the father would do the same. Say the Rabbana, no, you always give a tenth. Why? It's seemingly the Rabbana are saying that it's because we never know with a father. Seemingly, people go up and down in character, people change. <laughs> is that the machlokes? Do people change? Rabbi the Rabbana, that's what it sounds, huh? Okay. The kids are, but what do we see again? Shmuel, we assess the state of the tenth that we give. Shmuel says we do assess what the father would give. And here the Chachamim say, Mamash again Shmuel. The Chachamim say, the Chachamim say, we always give a tenth. So, that's what Shmuel is saying. Shmuel is coming to say, I hold like Rebbe Yudah. That's Mamash the Machoikis. Did not Rebbe Yudah, I remember, so that's what's going on. Shmuel made memra that you assess based upon what the fathers get. You guess what the father would have done. He's the one like Rebbe Yudah. That's Mamash the Machoikis. Ah, if you name a halacha to Rebbe Yudah, so let him just say, I pass one like Rebbe Yudah. Why does he make it like it's his own memra? Had he only said Allah I would say Rabbi Shita is all with a father set precedent because he married a girl previously. If he never married a girl yet, this is the only girl. So now you're just guessing what the father would do because you know the way he, you know, you know his how many charitable contributions he made. You know the way that he dealt with people in business. You know the way whatever chesed we have to guess. you'd rely on such an assessment. From learning Rabbi Yudah, you don't know that. Rabbi Yudah is saying precedent for how much he gave his last daughter. But if there was no other daughter, and you're stam guessing because you know the father, that you do that. no. Time with Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah is talking not because of the precedent, it's just because of the assessment that we make. And therefore, it's irrelevant whether he'd ever made a wedding. I think Tony Yisia, so why did Rabbi Yudah speak about the fact that he made a wedding? It's a Chiddush to tell you how far the Rabbana go when they argue. So after the dust settles, let me, let me, let me, the clerk, what's the Machlekes Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbana? Rabbi Yehuda holds, we, when a girl for the dowry, how much does she take from the estate? It's Basar Umdina. Umdina has nothing to do with precedent. Umdina has nothing to do with previous marriages. Umdina means Umdina. We have to guess. We have to make an assessment in our minds what the father would have given. Is it based That's, on how, what he was like when he died? Yeah, type of person. Type of when person. When he died at the time of his death. Instrument, presumably that would be taken into account. You're right. We're not only going to look at you know his charitable contributions. We'll look at everything. Put it all together. Look at maybe the way it's trending. You know, yeah, I'm sure that all the data, the analytics here would be wild. No, I'm serious. In a good way. Meaning it's not what he was like before. Behavioral economics. So you have, yeah, meaning you yeah. have to kind of take a snapshot of how he was exactly. going out. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that will we'll take our best guess at it. And that, that's what it would be. That's where it Say the Rabbanon, we can't do such a thing. What does that mean? Temperaments of people and characterism, this and that. We don't do that. Rather, we say this seems to be the basic point. Um, the basic point. Now, I, I grab the Lamaskan, I just want to bring out this point. The Lashon of the Chachamim isn't so clear because they say the reason we disagree is people are Ani Vahashir or Ashir Vahani. So if Rabbi Yehuda was only based upon the previous marriage, he was precedent, then it's very gishmak. They're saying, yeah, but maybe his level of generosity went up or down. But if even Rabbi Yehuda Lamaskan has nothing to do with precedent, even if there was never a wedding, so what are we assessing? And that's what you're struggling with a little bit. We're assessing, I guess, the ultimate. Characteristics of the father. We get so. What are the rabbanon saying? So it could be you just learn shad. What they're saying is that's all part of our uncertainty. In the moment he died, he was in maybe that state of mind or that framework. And you're trying to trying to project what he would do today. So since people change and their temperament and character changes, so then that's all part of what we can't assess. You can't guess what a father would give in a moment. According to Rabbi Yehuda, would they get more than Isser? It, it could be. Rashi's mashma, it could be. Um, like, like, if Isser... He's not saying, look at Rashi, just read it. Bain shu Isser, bain shu pachos, bain shu It could be anything, whatever it is. 
like it's very hard because if, if Easter is your baseline, right, then either you say he's stingy so he wouldn't give, or he's generous enough so you'd give Easter, right? You more, right? Yeah, right. No, 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 you're saying good, and I think this we're about to, this is what we're about to get to. Mom's about to, this is the that I was about to get to. One thing where we it's hovering above our heads is. For the father, we just saw the whole shtickle from the Ramah. It's, not, it's really a mitzvah. It's not even saying we're kleifah. It's really just marry off your kid. And now we're seeing debt, like amounts, dollar bills. That's A. But B, and this is what I think we want to turn to, is how does the not the tenth, how does the, that, that debt of a tenth relate to Rabbi Yehuda? Like what? In Rabbi Yehuda, the tenth is like an irrelevant number. It, it, it's... Is there anything to it? So let's see. You want to say something else? On the first yeah. part, though, right? Going against the Ramah. Yeah. The difference here is you have brothers, right, or a mother. They might have a conflict of interest, right? Right. Like, they don't have that same marrying off the, my daughter. If the right. father gave less, like what we said yesterday, if the yeah. father gave less than a tenth, could she come back on the brothers after he died? Yeah. And then it's not really, it's not really a chiv on the dunya part. It's really more of a, would the shchiv meira have given more? Right. Assuming, no, no, knowing more information. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of assuming, and this is all part of where, where we're going, is that there's a big fork in the road. I mean, I'll give it away. I'll spill the beans. I mean, it's just going to make it easier, but so, basically the child is like this. The father gives fuck. He has a mitzvah to do it. After he dies, there's no mitzvah. Right? Boys don't have a mitzvah. We can't rely on mitzvahs anymore. But the value is still there. Hey, we need a girl. Never. She's the same. So, chazal, chazal mechaivit. Now they made it a debt. And we understand that. Is the debt, is the debt because there is no father and he would have done this, so you have to do what your father would do. Is that the pshat? Is that the gather of the chayv? Or is the pshat? No, the father's not here, so everything's off. Chazal or Mishai or Nudin. There's a new chayv. Not because the father would have done this. I don't know if the father would have done it. He wouldn't have done it. There's a new chayv. That a Yisayma who's married off, the estate should pay, uh, should pay a mouth right away. Now, obviously, obviously, Rabbi Yehuda screams at you that it's the first one. Rabbi Yehuda screams at you. That's the whole Rabbi Yehuda. We're, we're, we're trying to be aimed. We're trying to assess what the father would have done. It screams that in front of you. The quest, and, 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 and Rabbi Yehuda, that's why, what do you mean tenth? Like, what do you bring that number for? Why do you bring it death? Like, <laughs> we're try, that's the whole point. The father and the mitzvah. So we're telling the brothers, you have to basically do what your father would have done. So let's figure out what the father would have done. The question is more, I guess, to say, and in what, where are the Rabbanan coming from? So one approach is to say they're also on that same page. The Rabbanan's on the same page that you should do what the father would have done. Yeah. They're just getting issues with the way you assess what a father would have done. And therefore, they're saying from a practical level, let's forget about all the analytics. Let's take away. Let's, we don't have to look at the tax receipts. Let's just sit and make a nice uniform amount, like a tenth, like that, as a base for what the, you know, for what the Yisraelim should do. That's one way of approaching it. Or it could be that the Rabbanan are really, are really halukim b'yisraelim. What they're coming on is to disagree fundamentally and say that, no, it's, it, the, the whole thing was the father's mitzvah. It's upshot. The, the, the son should do what the father should have done. What do you mean? I'm not a father. The only kuda is the father has to marry off the daughter. Remember the Ramah. The father's giving of the money is because of his mitzvah to marry her. I don't have a mitzvah to marry my sister. So with what are you saying I should do what my father would have done? I, 
there's a new dip, there's a new chayv, there's a new chayv that the estate that's left by the father, is, the estate is meshuvit, a gelt, a chiv, a gelt, amount of money to give. So then the Rabbanon are masakin, how much it is. And, that, and the ayfin that the machlik is from the Rabbanon is really, it's broader, it's sharper. It's that, what is the nature of the obligation here? Rabbi Yudah, it's, it's go marry her off the same way the Tata would have. And, 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 in, the, and in the Rabbanon, it's more, it's more of a chayv directly on it. It's possible those two are open in front of us. That's what it would be. It would seem like just from learning this, and I want to show as we go just one more one more akuda here how I think how sharp it is in the Rishonim. There's one of the machlekes will be in the Rabbanim. But again, in Rabbi Yudah there's no shaila. Rabbi Yudah sounds very clear. The whole thing is you're oimid the das, oimid the das of the father. It seems very clear that that there is no stam achayiv on the on the estate, but rather that we we want the sons to do what the father would have done. That that's what the. I, mean, I, I forgot it was the base Yosef or the Rambam, the one who said it's not really a mitzvah even when the father's alive. To, to, to the Ramah, the Ramah, the Ramah. So, I mean, how are they? So, how, where's the hope coming from? It's not even a. It's a new day. It's a new day. No, it's a, that, that's it's what's that. what the father no, would have and done. And that's exactly. That, that's Mamma's what I'm trying to be on. And the Rabbana, like, I could hear, like, they're basically saying to you that you're trying to make a mitzvah do what the father would have done. It's the father of the mitzvah. You don't have a mitzvah. So, it's a new thing. It's a new place. All right, so let's see. Look at the Gemara here. The Gemara quoted this, but the Gemara goes back to me. It's three lines up from the bottom. Jacob, Baruch Hashem, you're here, because we need a math guy. Mayor and I were ladies yesterday. We failed. Let's go. Look at Mayor. Amar Gufa, Amar Rebbe. Baz, Hanis, we failed. Gufa, Amar Rebbe. Let's do a series of... Baz, Hanis, Hanis, Menachin, Noiteles, Isr, Nechaz. Right? When a girl gets married from the brothers, the orphan, she takes one-tenth of the estate. That a girl gets married takes a tenth of the estate. Imagine a scenario a person has ten daughters and one son. What's going to happen? Each girl gets married, takes a tenth. It's going to come out that the son gets nothing from the estate and only the girls take. Is that fair? Is that fair? Ready says back. This is what I say. First, the girl takes a tenth. Shnia, the second girl of Amashashaira, she takes a tenth of what remains. Shlishis Bamashashaira, and then the third one takes a tenth of what remains. So, meaning each one is not taking a tenth of the original sake, they're taking a tenth of what remains. After all ten girls. 65% is remaining for the boy? <laughs> it's 65? Yeah. So yesterday we got this far in the math. If there was no, just speak it out. No, it's it's up. If there's a hundred dollars, yeah. So the first girl takes ten. Now there's ninety dollars. The second girl takes nine. Now how much is left in the estate? Eighty-one, right? Now the third girl is going to take eight point one. How much is going to remain? Seventy-three. Seventy-three. Seventy-three point. Right. Next girl. So you take ten percent. So she's, take, so she's takes seven point three. The next girl's gonna have sixty. So then you take six point five. How much is left in the estate by this point? Sounds like less than sixty-five. It's, it's a converging series. So what does it mean sixty-five, Mayor? You meant sixty-five was taken. Is that right? Point nine to the tenth. It's 35%. No, but it's a converging series it's somewhere, but it's going to be... Just do the math. Yeah. Ask, ask, it's right here. It's right ask, here. Ask, it's 0.9 to 10. 35%. <laughs> Times 0.9. But, I mean, that's what's left for the sun. For the sun. 65% is what's left for the sun. Correct. That makes sense. Right? Makes sense? After all these girls are done with their dowry, 60... You think it's wrong? 
Yeah, just from what we were saying, we only did like four. Just do it. I want to get it clear. I'm telling you, it's it's 0.9 will always go down. It'll converge to close to zero, but it's going to go down way past 35%. It's a series of, if infinite, how many kids? It's infinite, right? Yeah. Times point nine. Times point nine. Times point nine. It's ten plus half. No, no, it's ten percent of the ten percent. See, that's only four kids. Yeah. Only four kids. Who said it's only four kids? Yeah. No, it's not. I'm saying by four kids, you would know. He gets thirty-five. He gets thirty-five. Yeah, he gets thirty-five. Yeah, 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 Right? Oh, they split. It's not like in order. Right. That's what the Gemara says. That's what the Gemara says. Even though ten percent of the first one is going to be more, technically. Right. One girl took ten. One girl took nine. One took one point eight. One point seven. Point three. But after they all took it, now it's redistributed. They re- put it all in the pool. Thirty-five percent is longer. Plus, yeah. you still feel like the guy is chip. Yeah. Uh, as boys, I think we should we should protest this thing. Kids, I'm the only boy. So, Serious? So, my sister's the only girl, so yeah. You're not in this case in the Gemara. Okay. Right. She spends more than all of us combined, so. Zog the Gemara, look at this. You're taking a bed. Look at the Gemara. Top of the base. This is where it comes out. It's not right. It's not right. Each girl takes her own. What's the kasha? What's the kasha? So, trash. The kasha is, why are you redistributing it? The kasha of the Gemara is, once she took, she took 10. The next girl took 9. That's what they for one. What, what's Mechaib us to redistribute it? In the moment, that's the right amount. That's the kasha. Right. Do you think that's right? Why do you look back? Why is there a look back? So face it. Good. That's what's bothering the Gemara. Yeah. And just to clarify, what does the Gemara answer? They all got married at the same time. In oh, okay. In Akhanam, they get married separately. They would not no, redistribute. They're not redistributed. It's only like, oh, you're getting married, so one arbitrarily takes ten. Nine. Then why nine. should one get the other? one's older. Us. So why would you? What was the Havmina then? One should get nine. Who should? Which, which one would decide should get nine in the Havmina? Alright, they all get married at the same time. Oh, that's, that's why we redistribute. That's, that's why, why redistribute. If, if they get married separately, married. then the Gemara holds that that's each one, whoever she got, she got, she keeps. Yeah. <laughs> the Gemara, no, the case is that they got married at the same time. Now that's what the bride was saying. There was no. If you mean the case, the bride says the case, then who needs to decide which one would get nine, which one would get eight, and the Havmina? What's the question? Maybe who's older, right? And then Khanami, you could have older you're, girls. You're, you're making an assumption that the Gemara didn't make it. Just all the prices said is that the first, the first takes ten, nine. All means first is the first one to take. But then it's almost like obvious. You're right that they then they should redistribute it. if it's all at the same time. Just because you took first, right? I agree. The Havmin was deciding first to give. So Maskan of the Gemara is if they, if they got married at different times. Then they don't, they Correct. don't redistribute. 
Why can't we cheshbin as if they're all getting married at the same time? What happens when you say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? <laughs> what, what's bothering Tasis? That we should redistribute. Tasis thinks, right, that even if they get married separately, Tasis thinks they redistribute. Why? Why? What's bothering Tasis? It's about the, about the way the guy acts. So let's say Sunday, people. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the guy's all, he has the same economic, behavioral economics. Yeah. The fa- maybe, maybe. That's not how the father would have acted. Yeah, the father would have given it. Yeah. Is this what the father alive or dead? Dead. So maybe the father would have given them equal. Yeah. So interesting. Because the same behavior. Father right? doesn't over time make smaller like weddings. Rabbi Huda, you know, we're looking at dead. Oh. Father. So Tosfos holds like Rabbi Huda. Yeah. So look, the Yishlemar, the Eastern Nechassim, Yavinon, the reason we give a tenth, the reason why, this is the, the gem, you give a tenth to the girl when she's orphaned, is because normally a father gives a tenth. If the father would be alive, he would give a tenth to his oldest daughter. That's very important. Because I think you're totally right, but also totally wrong. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I mean. I'll tell you what I mean. You're a father. You have multiple daughters to marry off. Yeah. Oh, I see. The the I have to think about is, I know I cannot keep on supporting. Let's say the tenth originally is hundred thousand dollars. I know I don't have hundred thousand dollars to give all the kids. But right now, hundred thousand dollars is a tenth of my estate. Should I give less to my oldest daughter because I can't keep that up for all my daughters? Yeah. Or if in the moment this is a tenth, I'm happy to give a tenth. That's what Tesis is being machadish yeah. in his answer. People of Maisel would be happy to give a tenth in the moment even though they know I can't afford that amount in the future. This is if they don't get married. They well, they're get getting married, married separately. It's separate amounts. So in the answer, Tesis is saying like this. The whole idea is you normally give a tenth. People normally give a tenth. But people normally, psychologically, will give a tenth even though it vacillates how much money the tenth is worth. But that's the nature of people. That's what Taisa says. So now just go back over the Shagatari. I think it makes a lot of sense. In the Kasha, Taisa was kind of assuming the whole idea is that you're trying to figure out how much a father would give, would give to his daughters. Why would a father be switching how much he gives to his daughters? And for Taisus, this like psychology here that no, people normally give a tenth, and that's where the tenth comes from. And it makes sense that people would switch the amount of money that they give to their daughters and not hold back and think and read the sheet and take it equal. So I don't know if your parents work like that. Certain parents probably don't work like that. They want to be fair. I know, I know, whatever. It depends. I know families, just for example, I just want to give an example. I know families where parents give very generous gifts to children buying homes. Okay? Very nice, beautiful thing. One child gets, let's just say, picking a number out of that, $50,000 as a gift towards their home. Okay. Maybe in Oklahoma we'll get you somewhere. Now... South Bend. Yeah, exactly. South Bend. Five years later, the next daughter wants to get a gift for her home. And inflation means that the 50 grand didn't get her as far. So she says, I, I, it's not fair to me. The other artist says, what? You gave her 60, I only got 50. Right? So it's most interesting. I'm just thinking, that's not the same thing as Tysus at all. It's not the same thing as Tysus at all. No, Tysus is saying inflation adjusted. Tysus is saying, imagine there's no inflation at all. I just have a set amount of money, which is constantly being depleted because my children spend my money. That, and the idea is, 
I really, yeah, a tenth of my kid won't give a tenth to their kid when they get married. But then the issue is that the tenth keeps on getting smaller, and people don't readjust. Places it. Okay, it's fascinating, but that's now I think a better handle on the shock of a tiger. Originally, Tyson was holding, there's a debt, because I'm a shabby girl, she have a tenth of these take. It's not fair that just because you get married first, you take, end up taking more money. And for Tyson, you know why it's fair? Because the whole thing is about what the father would be doing if he's alive. And therefore, the nature of the father's giving is exactly what dictates the chayv. Yes, no, but he's not in review. Whose opinion is he in? Yes, he's, he's touching up the Chachamim now. And even though he's in the Chachamim, that it's a tenth, what's Taisa still saying? That it's the tenth, but the way you, you're guessing what the father would do with his life. So basically, what the way you see from Taisvis is that even the Rabbanon are asking that you're also Bosa Umdra. Just the Nakuda is stomping all the. No, there is a Machlaikis. There is a Machlaikis. Taisa's not just going to Rabbanon, it's going to It's not in the Chachamim. Everyone agrees that the Yusayid is to try to give what the father would be giving now. What, how do I shut up with the father we now? But he comes, oh, it's all data, it's all analytics, don't use anything else, but any flat new thing. All try to figure out. So the Rabbanan, no. Go with a tenth because normal is to give it. But even the Rabbanan are, are, are biased from this sort of thing in the sense that that's why the tenth, we don't care that it ends up giving one girl one more than another girl. What do you mean, where's the chayv, where's the justice in that? The terrorist is, because it's not klat the chayv. It's all guessing what the father would have done. That's the way Pshantais is very gishmak. Now listen to the contrast. We'll close with this. Listen to what the Ritva does. Same, same question. Is he saying Comes out the maskana the gemara. They get married one after the other, not at the same time. Each one would take a tenth of what exists in the moment. Shaminon mehacha. We see from here lahedya explicitly. It's not shot that as a orphan girl I have a right to the tenth of estate, and that will be utilized for my future marriage. That's not emes. Below Bishas Misa's Av. I only really get it at the time that I get married. Meaning, I see that the payment of the Chayv, the existence of the Chayv, is to be paid for my marriage. Not so that I will get married, I should have it now, but rather at the time of my marriage, I get a tenth. What does the Ritva mean? The Ritva is bothered by the same Kash. It's not fair. We all should be getting a tenth. So just because you get married first, you get a greater tenth than my tenth. How is that fair? So if it would be that the chayv would be on the karka, that all of us are zaycha at the time of the death of the father in a 10%, you're right. The fact that you get married first wouldn't matter. But something that's that's not what happens. The chayv is that you get a 10th when you get married. So whatever the 10th is at that time, that's what you get. So he looks at Taisi's kasha. I understand because you get married first, you get more. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. The chayv is the 10th of the nechaz. What is the 10th? The chayv is bishas, bishas, nisu. And what kind of kasha is that? It's exactly what it is. And be honest with you, I was more like intuitively, I assume, like the ritva. Taisa seems to have a whole different thing. It's about what father would be doing and this and that, and therefore to Taisa it ends up being a whole practical point that fathers would switch kufa between one girl and the next based upon you know what the tenth is at the time that they're marrying them off. But the ritva is not about what the father would be doing. It's glad the chayva of a tenth of the of the estates. What's the shot? One ends up getting more. Taisa up the ritva because the gather of the chayv is that the chayv is lishdalim the tenth of the nesuin, the tenth peshas the nesuin. So whatever that tenth is at that time, that's what how much went. I ends up that one girl ends up with more. So be it. So it looks like really together the Machlaik is the mice at the end between Rabbi Yudah and the Rabbanans. In, in Rabbanans' opinion, it's Machlaik is Ritva and Taisa is what the Rabbanan know. Now, 
you could have said a gishmaka thing. We have a machlik as Rambam and Rama when the father's alive, if it's a chayv or a mitzvah. And now we have a machlik as bedas after death, if it's guessing what the father would have done or if it's a chayv. You may have wondered if the two things are taliyaba. Like the Rambam, that it's a chayv on the father. So you'd assume that the, the mistama, then when he's dead and has on the estate, it's plat a chayv, the way the Ritzvah understands. Like the, like the Ramah, that when the father was alive, it's a mitzvah. So then you would probably assume that the gather on the, on the assignment is also to keep up what their father would have done. But it's not mucha. It could be that it's like the Ramah, everyone holds like the Ramah, that it's not a mitzvah when the father's alive, it's not a chayv. The question is, once the father's dead and there's no one to be makayim, then mitzvah, what did the Rabbanah now do? Did the Rabbanah make a new chayv on the estate, or did they tell the kids to, to keep up what the father would have done? Did you say Ritzvah Tosos? It's a mafokin exactly how the end 